0: She won't do it on command. I can't teach her. Yeah, she likes to sniff faces. She likes to get real... She's a close talker. <laughs> she's a close she likes to talker. get really, really close to your face and make you feel real... And then she likes to smell your eyeball. She, did, she was yeah. smelling
1: my closed eye. Yeah. She gets real... I like it. She
0: likes to confront people head on.
1: Hi, boo-boo. You smell my laptop. <laughs> Hi. Now you're getting pumpkin bread. Mmm. It makes you feel like
0: you're like you're an alien, and she's yeah yeah investigating you. Um, I started recording. <laughs> um, I feel a little disoriented because we're not in the basement. She's like, "What were you eating? Let me put my whole head inside your
1: mouth." <laughs> I was just curious how far she'd go in if I opened my mouth. She'll get pretty just close. Just a little bit. Yeah,
0: she'll get real close. Oh, be sweetie. Being real cuddly today. She's like, I like when people sit on the couch. I don't like when you guys are in the basement. There's nowhere for me to cuddle. Um, so we're upstairs instead of in the basement because my basement <laughs> flooded. Aww. Um, it's better now. It's dry now. But it's sad. It makes it's me sad. carpetless. The carpet got ripped out, and all my stuff is up in weird places. But it's all gonna be fine. I just had to like mourn the loss for a couple days, and then I'll go back down there and be fine. Yeah. Um, or we'll do this and we'll realize we should always sit up here because it's like sunny and there's a couch and.
1: Well, we're downstairs because theoretically the the sound, sound is, is, better, is yeah, but it's actually super well, quiet know. up here.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, until right they now, start towing the lawn, or until Dee can't handle it anymore. Dee's
0: been locked in the bedroom because she can't she can't handle being around us and not have us pay attention to her. So you might hear her bark. (laughs) A little bit. There's been one. One Um. sad. Oh, by the way, this is Pancake Town, the podcast. Oh, shit. (laughs) We now take for granted the fact, like, I think we're just being really presumptuous about, like, Oh, everyone knows us. Yeah, all 50 of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It could just, I didn't think about it the other day. Like, we're... I think we hit, like, 3,000 downloads yeah, yesterday. I assume we did. And I just keep thinking, like, I wonder if that's just, like, 100 people, like, downloading each episode three times.
1: <laughs> like, because they forgot they downloaded it. And because or... they feel sorry
0: for us, um, and they want to bump our numbers. Um, but either way, I, like... I like that the numbers. I'm comfortable
1: big. being a charity case. Nowadays. I think I
0: remember when we were first talking about doing a podcast and I was like looking up you know just kind of like looking up what people's podcast descriptions were and do they have pictures of themselves and like what kind of shit, you know, is protocol. Mm-hmm. And re- I remember seeing somebody that like was maybe twenty five or thirty episodes in, and mm-hmm. they had like three or four thousand downloads, and I thought like, oh, someday that like maybe we'll get to that point. Mm-hmm. But we're only at we're only epi- this is only episode fourteen, and we're already over three thousand downloads. So so it is so good. Suck it for that person, <laughs> <laughs> whoever that was. They suck.
1: I Podbean had we're posted better. an article about like how to judge. Um, yeah, what it means for the those numbers. And it basically just said you can only look at downloads and make assumptions from there. Yeah. Because you're not paying us enough money to yes. see the actual insights. analytics. Yeah, so. exactly.
0: Which at some point we might do. Yeah. But at this point,
1: no, screw you. Right. <laughs> we'll pay for what we want to pay for now. I feel like are you, are you close just enough? Just told me to sit closer to the microphone, and I did the opposite of that. So, Here. just
0: lean in really uncomfortably. Like that for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and sip your tea real loud. Um, I almost didn't make it. <laughs> you almost didn't spit it out. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think because after the last episode, Josh basically said that our interviews sounded really good because we were like putting the mic in people's faces. Mm hmm. Which we don't normally do.
1: Can we get something that attaches to the microphone, like a little headset, like yeah. a little pop star? Yeah. Microphone. I was saying to Josh that like,
0: the next step when we're like investing in this is to probably just get a second mic.
1: Oh, <laughs> that too. Because yeah. then
0: we can literally just have one right next to me and one right next to you. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, one more of the... And then they can channel to each other. Like, they can connect to each other. So it's one recording. All of which I don't understand and we'll have him right. figure out. I'm, I don't care. But, yes. As long as it's listenable, I'm not too... I will say that I do imagine that we'll get to some point where we're, like, at episode 50 or episode 100 or something. Mm-hmm. And then we'll listen to... Early episodes and be like, "Oh, we didn't know what we were doing." So cute.
1: I I like that. Right? That's That's, the way it is. Looking back
0: on my business look like that's the way it is. Looking back on wedding invitations I designed ten years ago, where I'm like, "Oh, I thought that was good. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that design was great."
1: (laughs) But things change, and like maybe you know, it was was
0: good. Well, yeah, my client was happy, and I was happy. Mm -hmm. But now I look at it and I'm like. Oh, I bet that took me twice as long or three times as long to design as it would now. I could
1: do that in my sleep now. Yeah. I have the same feeling Yeah, that, where so. you I mean I'm constantly like try. Oh I've been finishing this the wrong way. Like yes. taking way longer to like clean something than I needed to or you because didn't have the right. A tools. supplier or a place yeah. to get something made or and you're like, Oh my god, why was I doing like me
0: printing all my own cards? for years and years, and then being like, oh my god, I can just hire a print shop?
1: This is, um, <laughs> so, we've talked for like an hour this morning, and I still hadn't gotten to the fact that I was listening to the E-Myth on the bus oh, on the way here. Nice. nice. Um, Recommended by Winnie from Winifred Grace. Yep. Um, and it is really dry, but that's fine. It's yeah. actually kind of an interesting contrast to having listened to the audiobook for the subtle art of not giving a fuck which is very that's really, like friendly and yeah yeah um like it had a little bit more of that like you can do it attitude than yeah. i thought there was going to be because he right started it out it seems with, like it's gonna like, be very businessy businessy yeah yeah um anyhow um what were we talking about <laughs> um and now i moved away from the microphone again
0: you had to settle in with your tea. Um, Just talk louder.
1: <laughs> Just think. something to do with... Fuck it.
0: We were talking I about the e-myth, and we were talking about getting... I was going to
1: tie it into something back.
0: you were saying. I was talking about looking oh, doing back at things. things, improving what you're doing. And right.
1: Yeah. Um, and I had a tie-in... He was talking about that name. Myth? I, th- I think he's going to get into um, how we need a better balance of the three. He ha- divides people into three types. Oh, like we Product each killer no. process killer. <laughs> we each have three types of a oh in business our, within person? Our person. Yes, yeah. we're not one person. We're like three people. I'm like nine people. And the balance is like way off. Yeah, it needs to be more even. And I think that um getting that balance more even is going to mean redistributing like what you're, you're responsible yeah. for. Yeah. So like you figuring out how to spend less time on this one thing that was taking up most of your time yeah. is re- is um putting more work on like the manager side of your job and taking yes. it off of the technical side. Yeah. So where he says there are three types. There's the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician, which I don't really like the word technician. He but means maker in our yes. case. <laughs> so we'll say maker. Yeah. And that only 10% of us is entrepreneur, 20% is manager, and 70% is technician or maker. Oh. And, like, we basically just burn ourselves out running that way. And you Ugh. need to sort of redistribute that. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I think that's an interesting thing about, well, because we were going to talk about consignment mm-hmm. today. Yes. And I think that's interesting just to think about kind of the idea when people, I think when people who aren't makers think about what it is to be a designer or a maker or just a independent you know, be a self employed person, there is kind of that weird feeling that like we're all just like having fun and like hanging out and that's and playing at work. Yeah. And that's that, the like, name of the book. Yeah, I e mean, myth is the entrepreneurial right. myth. And so it's just like that that's an interesting thing to think about because then that also not only does it create consumers that kind of undervalue what we're doing it also makes for makers who enter into the world of self-employment with a very false idea of what it is to be self-employed. Yeah. Like they kind of see this pretty glossy veneer of like, oh, look at this chick with her cute studio on Instagram with her Eames chair and like her puppy and like she's making things and it's like,
1: Ask her about taxes. Plants that aren't dead because she remembers to water them. Right,
0: and then it's like at the farmers market (laughs) buying produce for her husband or whatever. I don't know. So it's like there's all this pretty stuff that you kind of have to put out there to make people like interested in what you're doing. But then it's also like, does everybody want to hear my story about going to like the Chicago courthouse five times? Yeah, you know (laughs) what? We've had this discussion
1: like for. years now, what, like, how much of the behind-the-scenes do you you put out there? Because you don't want to be that person that's constantly posting, like, Debbie Downer-style stories. But then you also don't
0: necessarily... But then you also are, like, putting out this image that, like, everything's fun and games and cute, and, like, that you aren't working really hard, and that you aren't stressed about deadlines, and then that creates... Like I often not want my customers to know that. Right. I know? often have clients that are just like, kind of have an attitude of like, well, what else do you have going on? Like, just do this work for me. Mm-hmm. And like, do it by tomorrow and don't charge me a lot. And I it's like, like a- oh, I'm sorry. I'm extremely busy just because I'm not bombarding social media with my stress and my to-do list and like how many clients I currently have. Like, that's kind of none of your business.
1: Yeah, I'll occasionally get an an online order, a wholesale order that they're like, just they want it to, it immediately. It to my it's house like, tomorrow. It's in the queue now. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. And then you wonder, You're like, there's good. obviously, like, such varying levels of people's experience that, like, store owners and customers, like, if they've just recently dealt with someone who, you know, went head over heels to, like, do something for them the next day because they could – And if that happens a couple times, that store owner starts to feel like, oh, well this person did that for me. So like, you're gonna do that for me too. Instead Mm -hmm. of being respectful about it and saying like, hey, I need this, I would like to have this quickly. How, can that work for you? Can we, how can we make that happen? Do I need to pay a rush fee? Like people are so, they make such huge assumptions about your schedule and turnaround time. Even when you have it listed very clearly, Yeah. Somewhere where it's like, my turnaround time is two weeks, or these are made to order, or this is out of stock, and I have to, you know, you're going to get it later. They're still like, yeah, but maybe, because you're a cute independent business owner. And there are
1: assumptions both ways. (laughs) Like, some people assume you're bigger, some people assume you're smaller. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Yeah, they assume you have six
1: employees.
0: Or they assume that like you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, it go it definitely goes both ways. And
1: I don't know how to communicate like exactly where yeah. your business is to people. I and think so- it's really I mean I think that's why some of those
0: like having terms and having things on your website, because a lot of things you're going to have to shit's gonna happen to you and then you're and then it'll be later you point to that and say here's where it says on my terms, you agreed to that. Mm-hmm. It's stated here. Whereas, it's better, what's the saying about like, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission?
1: Oh yeah, um, I feel like I just heard
0: that. On Mindhunter? Yeah,
1: is it? <laughs> yeah, Okay. He said I'm it like, on Mindhunter. <laughs> um, wait, did you about watch the more FBI, episodes? I think I've watched, Three episodes? I think I'm on nine. I
0: definitely watched the one with Ed Kemper. Okay. And I think I'm on the next... Oh, you're on episode nine?
1: Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't I be done out. with it if I hadn't
0: listened to the audio This is the part of the podcast yesterday. where Michelle and I go on a tangent <laughs> about TV. <laughs> There's another Netflix show that apparently is on season two, which I had never heard of, called Stalker. Hmm. I'm going to write it down. It just showed up on there today that was like season two now available. And I was like, where was season one show about serial killers? Really? It's, I think it's like a fictional, it's like a anthology kind of deal where it's like one, the first season is one story and the second season is another story. That's a good setup. Um, It looks kind of Uh WB-ish to me, but I'm willing to try it. I haven't watched any episodes yet. I just watched the trailer. It looks very like I mean the whole I think the first season is a story where, um, like some teenagers, like end up murdering someone and like try and they basically cover it up for years and years and then like a resort is being built on the campsite mm. where they where they buried I the like body this. yeah and then it's basically the story that comes after like them trying to hide the crime cool um, but it it from the trailer it looks a little like
1: movie ish, but maybe it's supposed to be. I'll try it. I don't know. Yeah, my is a lot slower than I was hoping. It is very slow paced, for sure. And there's a lot of extraneous storytelling you that also I don't have give a shit about. To kind of
0: pay attention to it, uh, I'm. No, you just let it run. I yeah, feel I'm like really I look up and I'm like, attention. wait, what's happening? What just happened?
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm. It's good for not paying attention to.
0: What were we talking about? <laughs> Asking forgiveness instead of permission. Yeah. I just think, I think that a lot of business owners need to realize that like 90% of people are going to break your rules. Like customers are going to break your rules. Customers are going to try to break your rules. Customers are not going to read your rules, but you have to have those rules so that later when shit hits the fan, you have something to point to, to say, this is, these have always been my terms. And mm-hmm. by entering by buying something from me, or looking at my website, or signing this contract, which is the key to consignment things, and you know actual business agreements, like you agreed to that, whether you read it or not, whether you understood it or not, is on you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's that's literally what all contracts are. Like I'm I'm not gonna have an argument with you later about. Whether or not my turnaround time should have been shorter when you literally read a piece of paper and signed it that said my turnaround time is three weeks and it was, and I gave you your shit in three weeks. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of smaller businesses and especially new businesses just kind of go on faith and trust that people are going to be responsible I mean. and like honor your shit or just be like, you know, reasonable people. And I don't think that's all... No one's... I don't think most people are being malicious. I think most people are just not paying attention.
1: Yes. Like,
0: store owners are very busy people. And a lot of times, they're just not paying attention to things. Which is why one of my consignment notes was like... (laughs) Because somebody asked about contracts or something. And I was like, if a store doesn't have its own consignment terms, you should be wary of that store. Because if they're selling consignment to more than just you, and they haven't figured out terms to protect themselves, Mm -hmm. that should make you nervous. Yeah, And if they don't, you should have a contract that you make them sign that says, this is when I'll deliver things. This is what happens if my product gets damaged. This is what happens if you
1: decide to sell my things at a discounted rate. Like that's on you. Yeah, I, I think I have contracts with all the stores except for one because we had switched from wholesale to consignment yeah. at one point, and I'd already been working with the store for a few yeah. years. Yeah, so you have a level of trust there. That, yeah. yeah, and like at this point, I'm going through the list of stores in my head that I do consignment with, and I'm like on like acquaintance terms with yes. all, of all of them and, them. and yeah. friend yeah. with Several of them. Several. Yeah. Um, there's no one that I don't really know, and I'm thinking about the few stores that I had to decide I didn't want to sell to anymore. Yeah. They're all people that I didn't know well. Yeah. So, that's kind but of did you strange get, advice. Did you get <laughs> to
0: know them well because you were selling to them, or did you know them well already? I think
1: that's the real question. Well... I mean, you know as well as I do that a lot of people run in the same circle. Yes, of course. So, like, I knew Kate well before I sold, sold at her store. store. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, yeah. Run, you know, like from Inkling, we well, all. So, know. I mean,
0: I think that that kind of speaks to the point of like. I was put, friends with Nicole. From putting the yourself out before. there and like meet, you know, get, taking the opportunity to meet people, and not really meet them with this intention of like, I'm soliciting you. Like if you're just in those circles and you're just kind of doing your, you know, business networking, Mm -hmm. you'll meet people that will either be makers that will refer you to a store and tell you like, oh yeah, this lady's awesome. Like this store's great. You should, I sell to her all the time and she's fantastic. Like that to me, if you trust that person, their opinion about that store is great. But then don't just go in there blindly and be like, "Here's my shit." Like you should still be like, "Hey, what are your terms? What do you, are you selling? Consignment? Are you selling wholesale? Like I sell this way."
1: So most of these stores that I sell consignment with all have a thing on their website. Right. To yes. apply to yes to sell say, with submit them. your
0: work. This is you know,
1: and then you send them shit. You send them pictures or a link to your website. And someone had asked. Um, about whether to assume they do wholesale or consignment. Yeah. I can't think of the exact Nina. word. It was Nina. That- Honestly, I would I would approach people with wholesale. Yeah, and I would maybe assume. Maybe that's just because that's I where I'm at wholesale. now. I mean,
0: I will say that I, if, if I at one point have 30 or 40 stores... 95% of my stores are wholesale. Like probably more than 98% of my stores are, are going to be wholesale accounts. But that's because of my product. Right. No, very few people, like currently the only store I sell consignment to is Modern Cooperative. Right. That's the only store that I sell consignment to. But that's because of my product. Mm-hmm. No, you're not you're If you're a card person, you're not going to find a whole lot of people that are going to be wanting or willing to
1: sell greeting cards on consignment. Right. So it's, it's good that we've got um, yes. your perspective as a shop owner for yeah. this since... Well, and I also started my shop where everything was wholesale. Right.
0: And then I that's finished I my shop, everything was consignment.
1: Now... Um, I'd like to like hear a comparison of the two different well, so when because I, I have that experience switching from wholesale, from wholesale to, to consignment to so I know what my experience is why don't you go with yours first
0: I mean mine I started the store wholesale mostly because I think on the greater si- I mean I think the bigger reason was I thought that's what I was supposed to do like I don't right. think I don't think I started the store and was like, oh, I can just like get people to give me stuff and then I just pay them after I've sold it. Cool. Like I don't I didn't. And Orange Beautiful had never consigned anything. Mm-hmm. I'd only done wholesale. So I it's think also easier on your oh, end. Oh yeah. Like I I mean the the accounting part of it, mm-hmm. the knowing how much money you're spending, like budgeting it out and saying I have X amount to spend on this type of product. And then I know exactly how much I need to spend to make that money back. Mm -hmm. It's all on my terms. I don't have to get permission on like how am I displaying this, or maybe I pull stuff for a month and don't put it out, Mm -hmm. and I can restock it whenever I feel like it. it I can, yeah, I can do deep discount to clear it out and get rid of it. Um, So I only did wholesale for the first like three years the store existed. And then the store was closed for, like, a year, um, I guess a year and a half. And then when I reopened the store, the whole, my my whole thought was, like, okay, if I'm going to buy wholesale, that means a huge chunk of money, initial money, has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to fully stock this store again. And that could be, I mean, even for a small store like mine, that could be $10,000. And I was, like, where where is that coming from? Like, who's giving that to me now like I don't I don't want to pull a bunch of my savings and be like here let me buy a bunch of product that may or may not sell because I've now reopened my store that was closed and what if customers don't come back or what if I don't know what people want anymore and so then I was only buying the whole point of the store the second time around was that everything was from show of hands right. orders, and um So I basically was like, okay, well, these are people that I know. These are people who know me as the show organizer. And I basically reached out to everybody and said, who wants to, you know, like, I reached out to specific people that I knew I wanted to carry so that I wouldn't have like nine candle vendors. I wanted to have like a variety of vendors Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then just made up consignment terms. And I figured this is the easiest way to get to hit the ground running. I can have a fully stocked store and not have paid out a single penny. But then it's a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of work on
0: all sides. Like it's a lot of work to keep on top of the inventory. It's a lot of work to do those sales reports every month. There was a point where I had I think like over 40 different vendors that I was sending checks out to and sometimes there would be things where it's like well you know someone sold like nineteen dollars worth of stuff or eight dollars worth of stuff mm-hmm. like in a month and then there'd be other checks that were like here's your check for a thousand dollars you know so it was like you had to I had to keep track of like knowing that that money coming in that yeah. half of it was going to be gone at right. the end of the month. So it's like that whole thing of like when you think when the first of the month comes around and your rent is due and you look at your bank account and you're like, oh we're doing great and then you're like, oh shit, I have to pay rent.
1: And more than half for a while because yes. you were doing, doing sixty, 60 40, forty, which for any maker out there who thinks that they have to get a sixty forty agreement, that it Good luck. that store is not gonna be able to manage very long like that. Y- like yeah.
0: And again, and we are speaking from. I mean, I will say, it's definitely specific to Chicago. Okay, we'll say or big at least cities. to big cities yeah. that have an an enormous amount of other expenses that aren't just rent, employees, clean the floors. Like you're talking things like fixing the the graffiti tags on your windows that happen literally once a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the security alarm that you have to pay for and the, you know, it's like the taxes and the permits. And, like, there's so many other things that have to be factored into, like, if I'm putting all this work and effort and physical space into showing off your product that, you know, technically would not be seen otherwise, mm-hmm. it is, it, I feel like it should be right down the middle, half and half.
1: I think if you have a store that, um, if you're a shop owner and you're doing mostly wholesale yeah. with a little bit of consignment, you can afford a 60-40 yes, agreement. Absolutely. But there's no way you can run an entire shop on, 50, or yeah, on, 60-40. on 60-40. Yeah, it's insane.
0: Because when you start to think about it, like, I mean, the credit card processing fees taking away from that, like, I mean, you have to realize that, like, that 40% gets cut down to probably 28% real quickly. Which... Uh, um, I can't even...
1: like. So, like, if think you sell about a $45 necklace...
0: Yeah. And then what's Orange Beautiful, the store taking home, maybe $9? That sucks. That's insane. And, like, how often is somebody coming and buying that $45 necklace? Right. So, like, you know, certainly don't undervalue yourself as a maker, but there's also... Some of the articles I looked at about consignment versus wholesale, basically... I think all of them mentioned something about make sure that you're upping your prices to to compensate. Like if you if you're a maker and you are about to venture into wholesale or venture into consignment, maybe your retail prices aren't high enough. Like oh. if you're if you are going, "Oh shit, I'm going to lose, like I'm only getting half that or oh, I'm only right, getting right. 60% of that." Yeah. And that's tragic to you. Maybe part of that worry could be resolved with you changing your
1: prices. And if you can't change your prices, then you can't wholesale or consign, which now means you're responsible for every single sale that you get, which sounds really exhausting to me, but some people people are are, okay with it.
0: I think that there is, I mean, I think people do have to realize that doing wholesale and consignment, it's kind of like when people get all uppity about taking credit cards Mm -hmm. where you're like, You're a store that doesn't take credit cards, and you're like, Well, I don't want to give them my money. And I like it's I earned that, and blah blah blah. And it's like, You're gonna get probably 200% more sales, right? Because you take credit cards. So you're not willing to give up four or five percent of that money, even though it's proven that you are losing 60%
1: potential new clients. I can't imagine. Actual physical stores not taking credit There's cards so in a day where don't. you can use your credit card at a farmer's market. The thing this.
0: that's the re- the reality of that is, is that most of those stores that don't take credit cards are doing some sort of tax evasion.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: it's not even about it's the credit like card fees. Drug front. It's literally that they don't want to pay the taxes on the amount of money that you would have... You'd be forced to report based on taking the credit cards. Right. But you don't have to report... You could say... Oh, today we made a thousand dollars in cash. Well, no, actually we made five hundred dollars. Right. Sorry, I lied. Like you, you can hide that because who's how do you track that? Right, cash so, is kind of amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> most of the places that are cash only are not doing it anymore. It used to be because you know before Square happened, it was right. like it was insane to take credit cards.
1: It cost so much money, and now it's it's much much cheaper. Except for, I think about this all the time. Why do I think about this all the time? <laughs> um, the um, credit card rates, if you have like a regular machine and go through like yeah. Chase Payment Tech or something, yeah. you can um, swipe Visa debit cards for like 1.7%.
0: Yeah, no, that's true.
1: However, Amex and Discover are like 3 point something. Even and if four. someone has a rewards card, it's yeah. higher than that. They're like... A hundred different percentages based on the cards. It's not just four different kinds of cards because I used to look at the um, statements that came all the time, Um, but that you can also choose to not take Amex and discover when you tell people that you don't, they're going to pull out a different card. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that if I were to own a storefront today, I probably wouldn't be processing with Square. To be honest,
0: yeah, because then you can
1: it's variable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there I
0: have definitely seen a lot of places that don't take Amex because the rate is higher. Right. But if you take Square, it's same across the board. Right. So
1: that works for um when you do little pop up things. Yes. Yeah. Because there aren't like equipment fees, and well, actually now we all have to buy our chip readers. Right. Well, cause...
0: it used to be that you had to pay a yearly fee mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to. Have the account right? Like I think when I first started taking credit cards, I had to, it was like two hundred fifty dollars a year, and then That's so crazy. and then there was like a monthly fee. I wouldn't. I didn't do it. I took cash and checks. Well, and I only did that because I had custom clients that potentially were like you know if they had like a thirty five hundred dollar wedding invitation order, they're not gonna they're you know they're not gonna give me, well some of them gave me cash. That's sketchy.
1: Should I look at this message? um on instagram to the podcast to pancake town yeah maybe it's relevant is this what live we're about. watch it be really unexciting I, that's it. why i haven't said who it's from because you don't like, want to embarrass just in case them. <laughs> just in case it's not um, cool uh, uh-huh. let's see oh no wait better be good ah nicole's listening to the podcast that's Aww. what it was. I thought maybe it was a question. Nicole from One Strange Bird. Who I already mentioned in this episode. She's been, once.
0: She's been full, like full on
1: production mode. She's getting ready for um, setting up for Style Max, Style Max yeah. right now and listening to the podcast Aww. in her car. Thanks, Yay. Nicole. Thanks, Nicole. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sell them mugs. <laughs> I would like it if people like live. Um, Whatever'd at us live. Whatever, like if they knew. Oh right, if If they knew we were recording, we'd have
0: to. We would have to like advertise that we were doing it more.
1: I mean, I think people. Some people have got. They know that they figure out the record on Thursday mornings.
0: You just wait. You say that now, and then when we're big, like a year from now, you're gonna be like, "Why does everybody keep fucking
1: texting us? (laughs) I want it. I want it. Do it." Um. Back on confinement... Okay, so. Would you say that um, your store did better when you were on wholesale or consignment? It's hard to or, say. Okay. I think.
0: I mean, as from the store owner perspective, if you have the capital to do wholesale, mm-hmm. do wholesale. Like totally. if you if you have the I think consignment is beneficial when you are when you are starting out or you don't have that like big chunk of cash a big budget to just like drop on product because there is the scary part of like, what if I overbuy? What if I buy things that don't sell? What if I, you know, and that's why stores have sales. That's why stores have like liquidation things and like giveaway stuff is like they've overbought something. Mm-hmm. Um, but whole, wholesale was much, much easier. I feel like they were pretty even as far as like money made. Okay. Um, but I definitely, there's definitely a lot more management work going on with consignment.
1: Yeah. So that's what, um, I've always known this, but it's becoming even more clear to me now because I have help with packing orders. And the other night Steve was packing wholesale orders and I'm still doing consignment because every single consignment store I have I have some different thing I do for them. Yeah. Like some of them want earrings on cards. Some of them want them on this other card with this little adhesive hook thing on the back. Yeah. And I know all this crazy stuff that yeah. I've agreed to over the years because I've gone in and talked to the owner and like decided, Oh, oh things we'll this sell this better yeah. when they're like this. And then other stores, they would just throw that card out so they don't get the card and... um also have to put the price tags on every single piece plus some of the stores have um codes yeah some of them have individual item numbers that i have to keep track of on spreadsheets and write on each piece oh yeah um and it's it's so much more work. Yeah. To prep a consignment. Well, yeah, When it's
0: not just
1: an arbitrary like, oh, right. somebody Steve wants just this, puts this, this. The necklace this. on the card, and then the little yeah, thing you package it the and way then, it's
0: packaged, and you ship it the way it's shipped. Right. Yeah. Definitely. But
1: I can't pass this work off to anyone. Right. It's, and some of the stores that have um, these spreadsheets that I used to be not keeping track of at all I used to have all these handwritten notes everywhere with the item numbers and I'd have to go through them yeah um I had Steve put them in the spreadsheets recently so that is helpful and something I should have done in the first place but didn't do because yeah I have too much work to do but still like it's that extra step that makes me just sort of not want to restock well um, and then that
0: then that becomes the question. That's why that's where people get and they start to think like oh, well I should be getting more than 50% because like look at all this extra work I'm doing. But then the reality is is like that store may not buy anything from you mm-hmm. if you are wholesale or they may buy half as much from you if you're wholesale.
1: Exactly. So like
0: you have to remember that like no one's trying to screw you over like a store that won't you know and we were saying that jewelry is specifically this way where it's like a store knows a good store knows that having a lot of your jewelry in a display together is gonna sell better mm-hmm. than if they buy six necklaces right. But if they can't afford to wholesale purchase those six, you know, which I four, you know I 40 necklaces, but they you know they know they'll sell better and you know they'll sell better right. If they have 40 of them, not six,
1: it's also getting over that I'm handing over a ton of merchandise yeah, to a store that I'm not being paid for.
0: It that's took me one of the years to get over yeah. that.
1: I used to be really stingy about what I gave to stores, and sales reflected that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, I decided to put more effort into it. And it was back when I only had a handful of consignment stores. I had given Wolf Bait like um maybe four hundred dollars worth of jewelry yeah. and that felt like a lot to me yeah like four four hundred dollars wholesale so yeah like eight hundred dollars yeah um and it went like fast yeah they it was the first time in um i'd been selling there for three years i think at the time yeah first time they'd ever asked me for a for restock more. Yeah. <laughs> instead of me being like do you want some more can jewelry? i have my 50 dollars check and here's a couple here's a <laughs> um and i realized oh okay so if i put the effort into these yeah. stores i can get it'll come back i can actually faster. get yeah. money back and you have to not think about how much inventory is just sitting in these stores yeah. i don't want to know exactly how much inventory is sitting in a store currently yeah. in the city of Chicago it's a lot. Yeah. But now um I tend to give stores anywhere between $600 to $2,000 Yeah. like wholesale yeah. worth of jewelry at a time Yeah. Um and I think I had another thought in there that I got lost on. I've Felt like I needed to be specific with those numbers. Um, I make more money from consignment sales than I do from any other aspect of my business. There you go. So. Yeah. It
0: is, I mean, it is, it's a tricky kind of scary thing too. I think that, I think you definitely have to Look into other people that are selling the same types of things you are selling. Because, again, like, if I was sitting here listening to Michelle talk about consignment and you're I'm like, a card thanks, maker. that doesn't work for me. I would, be, I would either be like, oh, my God, I have to put all my effort into consignment because yeah. Mich- look how much money Michelle's making right. on consignment. And and my card company would go out of business. Mm-hmm. Like, I would literally go to stores and be like, hi, I'm here to sell this to consignment. And they would just shut the door in my face. Right. And be like, do you know what industry you're in? hmm so I think that there's certain, I think it tends to be, it does tend to be more expensive things are yeah, more likely in general, yeah. to be consignment, less expense like my highest pri- price point item retail is like $36, which is like your lower price point,
1: um, mid-, mid price mid- point.
0: Yeah. So like my, the bulk of my product line is either a $4 card. Or a $12 print. And so, again, like, if somebody wants a ton of my stuff and they have, you know, clear consignment terms, then, like, yeah, it makes sense for me to be like, here's a ton of stuff. Enjoy. And, like, I don't get... I don't care at all. Like, for me to send somebody $1,000 worth of my stuff, that, I mean, good lord.
1: That's a lot of stuff. (laughs) That's
0: a lot of stuff for me. But, you know... So my my money's going to be wholesale. Mm. The bulk of my stuff is going to be wholesale.
1: And for, yeah, because people don't like taking the risk on jewelry for some reason, I'd rather um, give a consignment store, you know, that $500, $2,000 worth of jewelry. Yeah. um, And get back consistent checks. And that varies significantly from the stores. Yeah. The checks i get from individual stores is anywhere from like $200 to $2000. Right. Depending on how big, how the, store big the store is, is. um the season and And there's that kind no of stuff. way they would have I'm, you know, comparing my wholesale orders. Right, they wouldn't They're have ordering those
0: at, wholesale no, orders. No, I would yeah. never
1: they would never do that. Yeah. And so I'd rather have control over how much money. I really do feel like with consignment, I have more control over yeah. how much money I'm getting back out of it. Yeah, it's more work though. Right. And isn't that how? Yeah, anything. Yeah, should be. Yeah. Um,
0: well, so um, Jennifer from Is that she wrote something about? Um, is it presumptuous to stock consignment stores regularly, or wait, or should you wait till they ask? So you were saying that about like about Wolf Bait, like you mm-hmm. would just come in and like pick up a check. And you would kind of keep track of your sales
1: reports and be like,
0: hmm, they're low on this, hmm, they're low on this. And well, like you, you do not would... get
1: any report. Oh. The reports from WolfBait are: we here's sold your money. Five things at $36. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> but the they actually are. keep amazing track of your inventory on their own. Yeah. Every single time you restock, they inventory all of your jewelry and make sure it matches. Nice. So well, and they're so very good with it. It's just they have two their entire stores yeah. assignment.
0: I think that I think that you as the maker it is it is a good idea for you to keep on top of that and and bring them stuff. It you know, like they're allowed to be like I don't want more stuff right now. Like yeah. they're allowed to re- not receive it. Um I wouldn't yeah. just I wouldn't just unnotice unnotice like don't just blindly send them a box of stuff with like an invoice in it. That's that's a little insane. Um, I would you know get in touch with them and say like I'd love to send you a
1: restock. Like let me know you know I'll or send see you see if you have anything you want to swap out. Right, I'm trying to be better about that. Um, swapping out old stuff. Yeah, just because I used to never have time and now we kind of have a little bit more time to yeah. clear out. Because I think a lot things. of
0: stores. I mean some stores. I think some store owners or whoever the buyer is will be very particular about like, this is what I want and this is when I wanna order it. But those sure. people are going to order, they're going to be on top of it. Yeah. I think that most store owners are gonna be appreciative of you being on top of your shit because they're, they, have, they might have a hundred other makers that they're trying to manage and how great is it if you're the one saying like, hey, I just made a bunch of new
1: mm-hmm. stud
0: earrings. I'd love to bring them by and show them to you. I'd love to swap out these old things for this. Like, they're going to be happy to say, I would think, 99% yeah. of them are going to be so. like, yeah, come by. I'd love to see your new stuff. Or I'd love a restock.
1: I was, I totally spaced on yeah, it. I wouldn't, Thank you for reminding me. I wouldn't wait. Like, when I do get that email saying, hey, can we have more stuff? I know that means that I've, I'm behind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So my goal is to be ahead of that email. Yeah, totally. I've been behind on that for like the last two years. And I was actually super psyched to have given Wolf Baitmore jewelry this last time without being asked for it. It has to be the first time in years that I've um, prepped a restock um, that they didn't ask for. Wait, I had had another thought. (sighs) Ugh. Your brain's broken. It's semi-broken. Shit. Consignment. <laughs> money. Giving them stuff. What were the last words you just said? Replay. No, what did... From Jennifer? Jennifer say? About whether or not it's presumptuous to stock shops. Oh, oh okay. Or if you should So wait. this is probably not surprising. I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what the spreadsheet's for. <laughs> um, so this particular page of the spreadsheet not only tracks um, the individual monthly sales from each consignment store, but below it, it has, you know, uh, the same consignment stores and it's a restocks sp- spreadsheet. So I put in the date that I restocked them and how much money I gave them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of go through and I'll, um, in advance for the year, like, highlight the months where I want to restock them. Yeah. So I kind of do this, like, every other month thing with most stores, and then there are a few stores that I intend to restock every single month. Yeah. Um, so that I'm not, I don't feel like every month I'm restocking every single store. It kind of alternates. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um... But so this is the first... So I've had that spreadsheet for a while. It's the first time I actually added in the amount that I gave them. Yeah. Because I want to be able to compare the amount I gave them to the amount I got back.
0: Yeah, to see if you're giving them a ton. Does that mean you get, like, a greater Right. Like, return. so far,
1: things seem to be in line yeah. with how much money I'm giving the stores. Yeah. And how much money I'm getting back. Yeah. And also, just to, like... Um, you know, make sure I'm prioritizing which yeah. stores I restock more often. Yeah. Anyhow, spreadsheet. Because if some
0: people are selling through your stuff really fast, like, you want to keep on top of that because that means that you've hit, you know, you've hit on a market where, like, they're either promoting you really well or that neighborhood is great for you or mm-hmm. they just have a customer base that's falling in line with what you're doing. Like, yeah. that's a good thing to, you know, be aware of so that you're not just arbitrarily sending out like here's a box of stuff because that can turn into bigger thing, you know yeah. like if that store is paying your rent <laughs> you should you should
1: keep yeah on top of i it, mean it, you know i wish a store was paying my whole rent that would be great a couple <laughs> stores are paying your rent yeah or it's someone's paying my rent somebody's paying your rent and it's, it's not me yeah it's not
0: steve <laughs> it's not steve it's not the. It's not um, so the three I I read I pulled up three articles
1: online.
0: I don't know if you call them articles. What was that
1: thing you down or signed up for that came to the? Oh, Town um, so there's a email. site.
0: Have you ever heard of the Nerd Burgers? No,
1: and I saw the email because I you the were Pancake like, what's Nerd Email forwards into yes. my email yeah.
0: account. Um, and I'm like,
1: I'm not gonna download this because maybe so it only I only have one download.
0: I should make sure not I to subscribe to porn.
1: <laughs> um, no, please do. Please do we'll subscribe share to it. porn.
0: We'll both get it. Um so Nerdburgers is I believe that it's based in Australia, so there okay. may be some nationality issue. Like there may be some money oh, okay. economy confusion there. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't read the the download thing yet.
1: Oh, okay.
0: um, but neither of us read it. Then I just read the like preview thing of it. That was like, it's basically like there's a Nerd Burgers is basically a site that is kind of like a consultation site. One of okay. those that you've seen a million of
1: mm-hmm. that are like. It sounds more fun though. It's
0: it's definitely more fun. Good
1: words. Um, I like it's that. definitely more
0: fun, and it's okay. definitely the woman that runs it is a graphic designer, so like everything's real cute and like well designed, and like it's very. It's not. It's not the usual. Like, you know, everything's pink and everything's Ugh. a dream and you're a magical unicorn and blah. Well, you know, it's not oh, that boss. kind of shit. Yeah, we're ladies. It's very like you're a maker. Get your shit together. Do some work. Okay. Um, but it's that's very focused on makers and craft businesses and being self-employed. And there's a bunch of like how to get into a craft show and like how to make your booth display look cool and how to sell wholesale and how to sell consignment and all that kind of stuff. Um, So there's a guide on there that's called the Epic Guide to Selling Consignment for Handmade Businesses. Oh, perfect. Um, Guys, just go read this. Just go read this. Turn the
1: podcast off.
0: So there's stuff on there that's free. There's a bunch of content on there that's free. But then there's also stuff that you can like subscribe to or pay, you know, per thing that's well, like a kit. That's a good
1: business plan.
0: There's one on there that's like an eight, you know, it's like eight the eight step guide to blah blah blah. Okay. Like so there's a ton of stuff on there. Um so there was a thing on here about I wrote that all the articles I looked at that almost I don't know, maybe six or seven articles total I looked at. They all mentioned uh, in saying these are the things you should include in a contract, or these Mm -hmm. are the things you should expect in a store's contract. They all mentioned um, basically knowing what space your product was being displayed in, like basically having a say in how and where in a store
1: your product is displayed, hmm. which I have Does that never just mean, like, heard of. Make sure that you keep my product out,
0: right? Maybe. But no, she was like, there were several mentions of like makers
1: going into a store and like dis- merchandising their own products. Um, so that's actually how Wolfgate used to be. When so, I've been selling there since two thousand seven. Yeah, I opened in two thousand six. And when you went in with your restock, you had to have your displays, and you had to put it out. So like. That and it was seems so very specific to, me to, to merchandise them. Someone
0: else's. I store. I mean maybe this is again because I'm a card maker, and like how else would you display my cards other than put them in a card spinner or put them on a card wall? Uh, but like,
1: that's cra- that to me seems crazy. I don't. It does, I don't, the wording of it's weird, but it, I do have, like, two thoughts. One is it's making sure that your merchandise is actually out. Because I have gone yeah. to stores and looked at the back stock and been like, um, can I restock this? Yeah. Like, it's sitting here unpaid yeah. for, not making money. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's actually,
0: this leads into what we were talking
1: about before we started
0: recording, about... Not having too many consignment stores that are kind of out of your area. Right. right. Like, if you live in Chicago, it's probably not a great idea to have a whole lot of consignment stores that are not within driving distance of where you live. I will
1: consign if they're like in a. anywhere that's too annoying for me to get to. Right. Because it's actually. There's a
0: certain amount of what what the liability that comes along with consignment that like. You should want to check on that store. They should, should know that you, I could show yeah, up at any moment. They should know that you can show up at any moment. Yeah. You should be able to go in there and see that your shit's not on display or see that it's in a weird corner or see that it's, like, not appropriately displayed because, like, you're, that's your responsibility. Like, yes, you can, You should obviously have trust in store owners to do their job, but guess what? Some store owners are bad at their job. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And so, and and even when I had the store, like I appreciated when people came in and were like, like I remember um, Lydia from Argument and Defiance. She has these silk scarves that like, depending on how you display them, could sell like hotcakes or be like, what is this piece of fabric? Mm-hmm. Like if you fold them a certain way or, you know, have them laying flat in a pile who who's gonna look at them like who that no one knows that's a scarf even she always
1: has her so she yeah so she
0: I remember her specifically when I started carrying them her saying like you know can they be I want to make sure that they're in a well-lit area that there's a mirror nearby that there's some you know and she had cards that had like a picture of someone wearing a scarf and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's like that's on her you know certainly I may have been like hmm, there must be a better way to display these scarves. But if I hadn't, who's to say that I wouldn't have just received them in a box and put them in a little basket folded and walked away and been Mm -hmm. like, huh, these never sell. Like, it is kind of... It's on you as the maker to understand
1: your own product more than the store owner does. Right. And Well, and understanding um, that stores displays, I think this is what I was going to get into earlier and I forgot. Um, I found that because... Well, the stores that I stay on top of my restocks and I give them tons of jewelry. Yeah, it means that um, I take up more display <laughs> space. Yeah, absolutely. And at various points, I've fallen behind on restocking, and, and I've then other lost jewelry that shows up space. in your space. Yeah, right, and you know that's my fault.
0: Well, and that's a good point too. Is like, you know, if you are in a big enough store where you are one of several vendors that make the same category of product as you do. Like this definitely happens with card stores because like if I'm in a card store, I might be one of a hundred other card vendors. And you're going
1: to be mixed around and, yeah, by category. I am not getting my own yeah. display. I'm yeah. not getting
0: an orange beautiful area. I'm going to be, my birthday cards are in the birthday section and my sympathy cards are in the sympathy section. And so you have to be the one that's on top of making it easy to work with you, making them want to order from you more often. Like there's a certain amount of that too where it's like you you got to have all the things going on. Like you have to be friendly and quick to turn around your product and, you know, make sure that you're friendly and you show up at the store every couple months to say hello mm-hmm. and like bring them new things and make sure they're on your mailing list like cuz otherwise you're just one of a number. Like you're just going to fall to the back of the pack and they're going to find a different card person to stock the shelves with.
1: I think the hardest thing to get over is like when you start seeing a store's not really doing well, doing well with your stuff, your checks suck. Yeah. Um, Is that inclination to give them less stuff or not not your best stuff? Because that's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. It's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's very true. Cause I think a lot of people, a lot of people don't think of like the 9 million reasons why your checks could get less. Like Mm. there's a million reasons. Some, it might be that their customer base has changed. It might be that they are starting to buy from this other jewelry vendor and now your shit's getting pushed out. It might be that they rearranged the store and now your stuff is in a different spot that for who knows what reason doesn't work as well. Like there's so many reasons. And if you just assume like, oh, well they're not, they're not doing as well or they're not promoting me the way they should. I'm going to not give them this limited edition or I'm not going to give them the newest thing first. Then it'll be a self self self-fulfilled prophecy where you will do less and less and less business with them.
1: I'm currently trying to find my way out of, a situation like that. Yeah. And it was because I was too busy to restock. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out how to get things back to where they were.
0: Yeah. So. It is it is a thing. It's a lot
1: of upkeep. It really is. Well, and because like, especially this time of the year, wholesale orders are coming in. Yeah. And they have actual deadlines.
0: Well, and that's the other thing too, is several of the articles that I read mentioned things about that that the idea, and I think this is true, the idea that stores, um, or that you as the maker will put priority over stores buying wholesale, mm-hmm. you'll put them at the top of your list before you will put a consignment store, which is, you know, to be fair, that's going to be true. Because if someone is standing, if two customers are standing in front of you and one is saying, I want to place a two thousand dollar wholesale order.
1: You give them and a one date. is saying, "Yeah,
0: I I want two thousand dollar restock of consignment things." And we both need that both stores mm-hmm. need them on November fifteenth. Guess who you're starting to work on first? The right. one that wrote you a check.
1: Yeah, like that's reality. The one that's paid out, <laughs> yes. and you had to give them a deadline when yes. they. i um I get most of my consignment not consignment wholesale payments up front now. Because yes. I switched over to Shopify for the most part. Yeah. So, um, and people are using that. So once I have that person's money in my pocket, yeah, yeah an, I'm you working owe them on that product. Yeah. And I'm like, the second it comes in, I tell them it's going to ship on this date. Yeah. You'll get tracking number, da da da. Whereas consignments, like I can yeah. keep pushing it off, and you know, in my crazy sleep-deprived mind, say things like, "Well, if they really want it bad enough, they could just buy it." You well, know? and
0: that's true. I think. I mean, I will say as a store that sold consignment, like I I knew where I fell on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Like I understood as a store owner, especially during the holidays, that if I was demanding a restock of something that I'm on their terms. Like I can't, you know, there's, I can ask for something and I can say like, oh, I'd really love it if this, you know, we have an event at the end of the month or if it could be here by the first of the month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, but I understand that if they have three wholesale orders that need their time and commitment and inventory before mine, Mm -hmm. that's how it's gonna work. Because if, yes, if I really wanted it, I would just write them a check right Right. there and be like, I own this. And I, you know, I certainly had the option of any of my makers that I could be like you know what I really just need 20 mugs like at the end of this week and mm-hmm. here's a check I yeah. I, I always have that I've outside.
1: never had anyone actually do, do that. that yeah
0: mm-hmm. well and that's the thing is like and also don't you know remember to not get like bullied into something just because you're like oh I, I don't want to upset the store I don't want to whatever like know know what your limits are like know what you're a you're capable of doing and what's smart for you and yeah. don't let a store owner be the one that's like i mean we've heard now two different specific kind of almost bullying stories mm-hmm. from friends of ours that it's like you can't put up with that kind of shit like those are both
1: wholesale store i guess i were don't both.
0: know one was wholesale I think, for sure i think sarah's was wholesale yeah. and julie's was consignment
1: okay you kn- I don't think...
0: Did I finish that story? No. Oh, my God.
1: I'm like, wait, I think we got interrupted so many times. I will I will
0: tell it to you off-recording off okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's not my story to right, tell. Right, right. Or we'll just have Julie on and we'll make her tell it. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's horrible, but it's good. Um, but it is also that kind of thing where it, it, you know, when you get into some kind of, like, negative situation with a store owner... Like, again, that's why you have terms. Like, that's why the first thing you do before you do any of this shit is even just like, even if it's just get out a piece of paper and write down, like, the what ifs. Like, if you sell fragile shit, what happens when your shit gets damaged?
1: Oh, yeah. What happens when a store gets
0: broken into? What happens when the store floods? What happens when. Yeah, you want to know
1: the store has insurance and they'll pay you out for.
0: Like, you want to know what happens when. Your inventories don't match up. When you gave them X amount and you got paid for X amount and then they return less than what you got paid for. How how do you deal with that? Do you are you do you have the balls enough to be like, "Listen, these don't match. You have to pay me." Or do you And if you I'm are, always
1: amazed by people who can actually figure that out. Yeah. Um because if if they have less products yes. and that are worth more
0: money. Well, but if you're not keeping track of that stuff, like then you can't be upset when you've lost money like you you have no retaliation there
1: i hate to admit it but yeah i don't and i don't get upset about it because i don't know and i can't tell right
0: and so that's the thing is like if stuff is important to you like you have to you have to each individually know what shit will break your heart like what what like if you are somebody that sells ceramics Mm -hmm. What happens when that shit shows up and they claim that it's broken? Mm -hmm. What do you do? You need photos Photos. of that. You need them to help you submit a postal claim. Mm -hmm. You need to understand all of the shit that goes along with that. Because otherwise, if you don't know that ahead of time, you're going to ship that box. They're going to... They could either be telling completely the truth and none of it's sketchy. Or they could be completely trying to scam you out of six mugs that they don't want to pay for. Mm-hmm. Like, those are both real scenarios.
1: Yeah. So I you kind of have to know what you're, you know. are on the side of the people who own these businesses that support our kind of businesses. Yes. Are likely to be good people. Well,
0: and that's the other thing to think about. Yeah. You specifically sell to Chicago, a lot of Chicago local independently owned stores. Mm-hmm. The people that we're talking to right now may not be selling to those kinds of stores. Yeah. I think and guess what? The two the two horrible situations we were just talking about about Sarah and Julie, mm-hmm. guess where both of those store owners are from? The suburbs of Chicago. Okay. I was going to guess another
1: state, not the like, city.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. so there's not to say that everyone who owns a store in the suburbs is an asshole, mm-hmm. but like that's the thing. I have is several
1: good stores. In when the you have
0: really close relationships with the store owner, mm-hmm. you're not going to run into these kind of scenarios. And when you're having face to face things versus like sending people emails, that gets into a whole mess. But it's like there are going to be certain types of stores. And certainly if you're starting to sell to bigger stores, if you get some crazy wholesale account with, I don't know, God knows, like that's. That's a whole nother ball of wax. So like. It really is. The general rule is like you need to know what you're willing to deal with. Yeah. And and have it written out. Because some there will always be some crazy scenario. You'll have um, six amazing stores and you think everything's peachy keen. And then you'll get a new account. And it and something will happen and it will turn into a nightmare. And if you didn't protect yourself, it's like having an insurance policy. Like you like you hope that your basement won't flood, you mm-hmm. hope that your car won't get stolen, you hope that you won't break your leg tomorrow. But like, guess what? It's good to know that if you do, you
1: have some protection yeah. there. I mean, part in terms of. Um... Wholesale and having terms and shit like that. Part of me thinks if someone is like rude or crazy or whatever, yeah, about wanting to give something back, this is, hasn't happened yeah. yet. Um, that I would just take it back and give them their money and not have a relationship with them anymore, yeah, and because I, think- I wouldn't want to deal with them, but like. At any point, someone would be like, "Hey, something's been hanging around. Can we exchange it?" Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Great. Absolutely. No problem. Well, and that's an interesting thing. I want stores to be happy, but if you approach me in a crazy way, yeah, let's just
0: be done Well, dumb, and okay. here's here's the situation. Like, you you as a person who's making jewelry that's neither breakable, no, well, kind of, potentially not breakable. Um, but I mean should, this. You could break a
1: stone by dropping it. But, like, br- from, a thing like yeah.
0: ceramics that, sure. like, someone drops a box and it's broken. But, like, the the bad situations with both Sarah and Julie were things where it's, like, it cost me a lot of money to ship that to you. And now you're saying you want to return it based on nothing. Well hopefully they didn't pay the shipping. And but then that's the that's the question. Yeah. Their on their end, the store owner is saying, You tricked me, you're you're a bad mm. business person, remember where you came from. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then this was in the Facebook group, so it's not Yeah, thing, go but, to the Facebook group if you want to know yeah. what we're talking about. Um, but then is trying to get something out of her. You know what I mean? Is trying to get her to like compensate her or change something or mm-hmm. ship it for, do it back, send it back for free. Or I'm mad, you know, it's like when people start to get into that, like I'm trying to manipulate the situation instead yeah. of these are my terms. This is what I shipped. This is what you agreed to. This is mm-hmm. what you paid for. When people start getting into that, like I want to tell you my feelings and my opinions about things. <laughs> that That's when you, that's when you as the business owner that's protecting themselves need to remember to not take it personally. Like you Ugh. have to be the one that tries really fucking hard. I know and it's how hard. how do we not? How do you not? But that's the thing is like when you start to get into that world of like, oh, I don't want them to be upset with me and yeah. f- my feelings hurt. I just blah, did blah, blah, this blah. last night about something real dumb. Right? right. And like you, it's so hard, but like that again, that's why you have, Terms and policies is so that you yourself can go, wait, these, I wrote this down. This is the shit I don't deal with. I can go over here in the corner and personally feel real bad and I'm going to drink a glass of wine and get the fuck over it. But when it comes down to it, the way I respond to that person is here are my terms, read them again. Right.
1: So, and this is exactly because Steve was like mad at me for being so upset upset about this (laughs) I'm like the problem is is that I have to respond to everyone in a positive helpful manner yes and all of those feelings that I want to actually respond to (laughs) just stay inside they stay in there and they I get away those um and (coughs) we didn't have anything to drink so I made a cup of tea which is you know, Fine. ultimately the healthier response to <laughs> dealing with it. And I recognize that. I'm like, that's real bad that I thought I needed a glass of wine over this. I'll make a cup of tea. Um, and then I worked the rest of the night. I worked like until 1030 or something. Yeah. So I'm like, that's the only thing that's going to take my yes, mind off make of feel, it is yeah. to keep making stuff.
0: Well, and I will say <clears throat> it is always good in those scenarios to like cuz you will take it super personally and it was like,
1: really dumb always <laughs> tell you later. always
0: take that situation and like take it to somebody else like take give it to your
1: I show tried it to, your, to your, Well, and whatever. steves like you're an idiot stop checking your email well but isn't that somewhat helpful though like to, I guess if he were so. like if he were to fall down the fucking
0: rabbit hole with you no, that would no. not have been helpful <laughs> no i know yeah, so no. like you like always in those scenarios when you are your own boss like it, it is fantastic to just like I mean we've done this to each other we've sent each other I mean, things yeah. we do it all the time
1: that's how this podcast yes. started <laughs> and but
0: then we do it with other people like we've had three four way text messages where we're like get a load of this yep. shit yep. and that's what the Facebook group is where it's like you know sometimes you have to run things by another person to get a subjective mm-hmm. opinion instead of you being like or is it objective Which one's the one I'm trying to say? Objective. opinion. Where someone (laughs) can be outside of you, you know, because you're, like, sad about it or, like, worried. You're worried about all the ramifications of that relationship with that person Mm -hmm. now. Whereas another person can go, look, well, what are your terms? Or what did she know about? Or what did you tell them to begin with? Or why is she mad about this? Like, they can help you look at it a little more calmly instead of being like i'm sad <laughs> this person is anything but pleased with me yeah <laughs> yeah cuz it's real i mean yeah when you get into these things it's like you have to realize like your business is on the line this this store's business is on the line yeah. they have a bunch of shit going on that you don't know about you have a bunch of shit going on that they don't know about it gets re- you know it gets real messy and usually the wholesale consignment thing, like, most of the places that are, I would say, probably 100% of the places you're going to do consignment with are going to be independent businesses. Yeah. They're going to be... A, oh, absolutely. The, the person who is paying you is the person that's buying from you is the person that's talking to you. Right. Like, there's not going to be a team of people or a marketing, a buying group or, a, you know, like, this is going to be a person that you are now in a personal relationship with right, and like sometimes you just won't get along with that person and you have to think about like can I get over this? I think you need to get along with this or do I right? or do you just go okay I have to deal with this person in a way that I wouldn't deal with this other person over here and that's fine like that's part of doing business like some you have to cater your reactions to people and know that like some people are crazy lunatics, and also don't know how to communicate. <laughs> they might via also, email. think that you are a exactly crazy lunatic. that's exactly
1: right. Yeah,
0: and so you have to kind of you know
1: tread carefully. I mean, <laughs> I was getting frustrated the other day with um, how slow some shop owners are to respond to things. Not um, that's just all people. Not know, consignment, though. but um, a couple of wholesale. Um, people that I'd sent samples to, and I keep checking in yeah. on. And, like, I have to tell myself that I'm... Um, You're on top of two your shit. on top yep. of stuff, and I have... And I can't figure out, like, what the amount of time is to let people yeah. respond yeah. to, like, wait. And so I'm like, it's two weeks, three weeks? Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, how often can you bug someone... Just bug them all the time. That was a question too, like how often to contact stores? Yeah, it that was a wholesale question.
0: I don't know. I as I would say as a store owner, and again, this is all skewed because like I'm I consider myself to be a somewhat reasonable person. <laughs> so maybe a non-reasonable person would not behave this way. But I think I was always very thankful for like the extra like kind of the overly attentive yeah. email like because i ha- my brain was in a million different places and i was trying to keep on top of it all and the the very makers who would send me a message you know once a week until i fucking answered them and said okay, yes i'm doing
1: this for
0: okay that i yes in my mind i would be like Oh, they're they're emailing again. But I wouldn't think, God, these people are annoying. I would think, oh, shit, I dropped the ball. My first thought was like, fuck, I was supposed to get back to them on Tuesday, and I didn't. And to the point where I started just telling people,
1: like, if you don't hear back from me by this day, email me again. I'm just so worried people are going to think that I come across as being high maintenance. because I think
0: depending on what you send them, you could. Like, I think if you're like pushing the hard sell in a big, oh, long paragraph. But if you're, if you're literally ever. just sending the message that's like, hey, I'm just checking in. I haven't heard from you. Um, let me know if I can answer any questions or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you just send people this a is, quick
1: These are people that thing, owe me something. Yeah. You know. But if um, I'm just contacting them about placing orders, I don't send because too often. No, it's I think... Like, um, I think people I mean, appreciate... Six eight times a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think if it's a current situation where it's like, I owe you money, or I, we're trying to schedule a time for you to drop something off, or whatever, you know, if it's something that's like an immediate, I actually need an answer from you, yeah. like, yeah, you should email them weekly until they respond to you. Because okay. sometimes, I would say most of the time, it's going to end up being that they had every intention of... I always joke with people where I send them an email and I'm like, I think I answered this in my brain and then didn't answer it in reality. Where, like, you just have so many emails. Like, yeah. during when the store was happening, if it was especially around the holidays and show of hands happening, I was getting, like, 200 emails a day.
1: Ugh. I mean, I don't know how many emails I get a day. And it was I just like, what,
0: what, are, what is all this? It. And I would have to try to, like, separate them out and be like, are, what's important? What's garbage? What's? you know, what's something that I actually need my attention, you know, which mm-hmm. is why I love that Boomerang now. I use that all the time. Love it. I use it, like, constantly. Mm-hmm. For show of hands stuff, it's amazing. I just it's got amazing. an email
1: that it works on your, it works phone, on your now. phone now. works on your phone now. I know. I'm
0: very excited about it. I'm Boomeranging the hell out of everything. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what Boomerang is, if you're on Gmail, there's an add-on extension mm-hmm. that's called Boomerang um, that basically lets you if you write, so if I wrote Michelle an email and I need a response from her by Saturday or I need to know that she got it, you can send write the message and at the bottom, before you send it, you pick, like, boomerang this um, if no reply by Thursday at 9 a.m. Yep. Or you can say, or if they don't open it or if they don't click on the link that's inside of it. Like, you can do specific shit.
1: I use it that way occasionally, but I also use it... Um... Like, if I open an email and I just can't respond at yeah, that so moment, then I am it to myself
0: yes. the next day. So, yeah, if somebody... So, if Michelle sends me a message that's like, hey, I need a list of questions mm-hmm. for the next thing we're going to interview people for, but I need it by Friday afternoon, I could boomerang her message back to myself mm-hmm. so that... Cause I might be on the road, or I might be at Roner working, and I'm yeah. like, well, I'm not gonna send her an email now, but I will forget about this.
1: Yeah, I mostly do it when I'm checking email on my phone, yeah. and I need to get up. Some emails are responding on computer emails. I agree with that. I do that too. Um, and if, if I, I don't I can't do it, don't, it on my don't want to stop what I'm doing yeah. to go get up and use the computer. Well, I, mean, I just
0: it right helps hand. a lot because if you know that there's a point. Where you'll be sitting at your desk, like I do it. Where I'm like, I know that I will be sitting down to do computer work at four p.m. tomorrow. So if I boomerang like four messages to come back to me at that time, mm-hmm. yeah. Then I'm then I completely can let it leave my brain, and then tomorrow, when I was already planning on being at my desk, I just suddenly get four new email messages, yep. but they're actually old email messages. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I like it a lot. I do, too. It might have changed a lot of things for me. It helps with
1: Joe and stuff I think a lot. we talked about it on the podcast. Did we?
0: Yeah. All right. We just did
1: again, then. A little bit. Um, what else you got? Okay,
0: so yeah, the Nerd Burgers thing is definitely a check. So the website is thenerdburgers.com. With an S? Uh, yep. Okay. And I am saying it right. Nerd. Like nerds and burgers like burgers Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) it must be an australian
0: thing the other article i read um was on poppy talk we all know what poppy talk is right it's that handmade kind of like hit its heyday i
1: was going to say ten years ago. really old yeah Yeah. it's really old did they have a shop
0: also i think so um but i will say this article that i read about wholesale and consignment is from 2012. So okay. it had a little bit of information in it that I wasn't that's sure.
1: Insane that that's so that that's 5 old. It's years only ago. 5 years. I know. But things have changed. Things have changed so, so drastically.
0: Um, so there are some things the article's called wholesale and consignment which one is right for you. Um, and then she basically it's pretty good because it's like a nice like kind of pro and con list of like here's the good things about wholesale and the bad things about wholesale. All right. Here's the good Go things for about, it. you know. Um one of the things I already mentioned was that is the like favoring of a wholesale order over a consignment mm-hmm. order. Um, I wrote a thing about Orange Beautiful choosing consignment the second time around because of the, you don't have to have the upfront cost. You don't mm-hmm. have to have the upfront cash. But then I wrote, but it's more paperwork, more keeping track of sales, and you have to ask permission for things like putting things on sale or Mm-hmm. changing the setup in the store. Um, they, she wrote a little bit about how consignment is beneficial to makers because it's a way to, like, test oh, the I do market. Oh, that. Yeah. So that's a good point because then it's, like, you can do a lot more, like, limited edition or, mm-hmm. or trial things with consignment, whereas with wholesale, like, that, that has to kind of be a part of your catalog.
1: Right. You know, so consignment time you can
0: kind of throw it in, especially if you have a good relationship with a store. You can be like, hey, I did this limited edition of these. Like, can we just see how they sell? And then you actually get really good feedback. You can, you know, with consignment accounts, it tends to be that you get more stores are going to be a little more open with you about like how things sold or why something didn't sell or what customers' reactions are to things. Whereas wholesale is more like a, I bought this yeah and then and you I, don't really and it's talk done. you're them. done
1: um I like to do something with my consignment stores where I figure out like what stones their customers like yeah like, currently the customers at modern cooperative are into anything green yeah so when I come across like uh, small amounts of interesting green stones yeah I'll make a limited edition and say that's for you them. guys are the only ones that have this, Yeah. and now they're telling their customers um, they're the only ones who have it. Simri- similarly, I shouldn't have tried to use that word because <laughs> <'cause> I couldn't <laughs> say it. Similarly, you said it way better than I did. Uh, <laughs> at Milk, I do all of the white yeah. stones.
0: I, that's actually another good, like, kind of way to make yourself stand out from the crowd is if you're able to do custom things. Like, I know some of the candle vendors we, we've talked to have done, like, either custom packaging or custom scents mm, for yeah, a store. Yeah. Um, if you can, if there's some element of your products that you can customize for somebody, um, that's a huge, I mean, stores love that shit. Of
1: course. Um, doing that on consignment is dangerous, right? Yeah. Steve yelled at me. Because if you don't, how much sell money it, I spent on buying all of the white stones when they're just for they're milk. not being yeah. But I'm like, but it it's working.
0: Well, and also you have to remember that like if something starts not working, if if suddenly Hallie wasn't selling a bunch oh, yeah. of those. Then you just end that understanding with yeah. her and that's yeah. no longer exclusive to right. her. Right, And it's mutual and then it's you not working. S- yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, so. you know, you yes, that's true, but on we'll the other hand it if it if it really yeah. came down to it and that just failed, then, you know, you would you would just yeah. move it to somebody else. Um, <clears throat> or you'd sell it, you know, you'd do a blowout sale or you'd have it be part of your uh-huh. Saturday flash sale or something. Yeah. Um The the, she wrote she wrote a few things about like warnings to makers. One of the things was like, what do you do when a store doesn't pay you on time? Bug Um, the shit out of them. them. Show up. I also will say a way if you know if if a store gets in the habit of not paying you, if that's something like because obviously like one late payment is not a reason to pull your shit out of there. Totally. Yeah. But. If it becomes a thing where you're like, oh my god, every time I send give them a restock, they like it's they're slow to pay me and blah blah blah. Like you, at any point in time, can just say like, we're I'm done. Like and I'm, I'm pulling happen, my stuff from and your store. I, yeah, pull yeah. my stuff. So like you have to. It's again a thing where you have to weigh what your limits are like, what will you put up with and what, how much money are they actually making you? Is it worth it? Right. Is the hassle worth it? Or is it making you crazy? And that effort could be put towards a store that pays you on time. Right. Um, and then this is where they, f- I first read the thing about that. The goal of consignment accounts should be to then sell wholesale.
1: Oh, which I don't, I've never thought, I've of, it never thought of it that way. I, don't, um, I mean, at this point, I don't want to switch these stores. We have a good thing going.
0: I don't think that nowadays. I mean, maybe this was a thing five years ago, but I don't think that stores, in any way, would be like, okay, so I've sold your work for a year consignment. It's doing really well. Time for me to write you a big fat check for a thousand. Yeah, it's not, not why not would they like do that?
1: Earning net terms right. with someone. It's not. I don't. I don't get that. <clears throat>
0: I don't think that that's actually how things would progress.
1: I think that maybe at some point it was, though. Yeah.
0: When stores had because, more
1: money. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, we had a couple consignment vendors at the boutique, and I want to say we probably said, like, hey, can we try it on consignment first? Yeah. yeah. And it's possible that we switched a couple people. I just, and she was kind of saying it almost like
0: from the maker perspective that, that that's how you should look at consignment as like the gateway to, oh, I finally am able to sell wholesale, which I don't think is true at all. I think that there will be certain circumstances that consignment makes sense.
1: I don't know, maybe.
0: Versus maybe wholesale. Maybe it makes sense
1: for a different market that yeah. we're not thinking about. Maybe. So
0: Or maybe it's I mean, I could see from the store's perspective that yes, if you were selling sixty forty consignment, that yes, you would want if it if it oh, got yeah, to yeah, that yeah. point and you felt secure with how sellable those items were, I could see being like, Yeah, I wanted an extra ten percent to pay you up front and get a big chunk of this. Absolutely.
1: That makes sense. Um, and actually now I had a second to think about it there was a store that's not open anymore but she wanted to consign with me for like a month or two and then was going to place an order but um the store closed so
0: wah, wah. doesn't matter
1: um the other article I wrote down was on
0: a site called craftprofessional.com. Wow what's that about it's about craft professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the article was called "Craft Consignment Selling Tips." Again, this article is pretty old. It's from March two thousand fourteen. Um, some of, most of the stuff we already talked about. Um, basically, they again mentioned the thing about turning consignment into wholesale. Weird.
1: You know, maybe we're we're out of wrong. the loop. We don't yeah. know.
0: Um, good tip about um, visiting the store. And familiarizing yourself with the store before you solicit them. Yeah, like understanding who the store, what the store's situation is. going physically visiting the store, understanding whether or not your product actually fits in the store. Like that, all of those things can help you from getting kind of like a really negative reaction from a store owner. Mm-hmm. Um, ask ask others about where to sell consignment. Other makers that you're friends with, people that you know sell consignment, ask them what stores they have good experiences with. Mm -hmm. I wrote Ask About It on the Facebook group.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Do you want to get a thread going
0: on the group? I mean, I think we would have a list of stores to start with. Yeah. Modern Cooperative is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, They used to have two stores, but now just have the one in Hyde Park. Yep. It's awesome she sells tons she's of stuff. She's actually
1: next on my restock list. There you go. Um shout out to Tiffany and Megan who manages is the it. boss manager. Um and then you <laughs> sold the wolf bait forever and ever and ever. Yeah, t- um <laughs> I just said when earlier and I forgot for 10 years now I've been selling at wolf yeah, bait. That's amazing. And then Kate from Sacred Art, yep. she she has
0: she has a lot of consignment. Mm-hmm. She and she's one that has like very clear like submission she has emails um, um specifically for on it. her website and she's one that I've talked to about where she's just like yeah I don't understand why people like still just like walk their ass in the door and try to have a pile of stuff to show me and I'm like did you not even go they're, on my website to do it like go on my website first yeah. and then like so you know do a little bit of research mm-hmm. before you just kind of show up, because it will affect the way that store owner perceives you. Even if they end up buying from you, they're still going to be like, ugh, and they, they were that person that didn't even, like, pay attention to my terms before <laughs> showing up here. I'm
1: trying to think of what other stores, like, are focusing on consignment, because I saw at some stores that don't really consign with yeah a lot of people. Like, I don't think milk does that much consignment. Yeah, she's doing um, more wholesale And stuff. Nicole switched to doing mostly wholesale. Yeah. Um, but I'm still consignment at One Strange Bird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it may depend on with. what
0: you're selling and kind of where that business is in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there are some, there are good amount of stores that have some of both.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get, like, when you're local, it's... Really easy to yeah. do consignment. Yeah, depending on what you make, of course. Yeah,
0: know that if you're if you want to get into consignment, that probably is only going to be like within the area you live in. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go beyond that, wholesales a yeah. better. I
1: only bet. have one store right now in Chicago that buys wholesale. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Every I think other right now, just like with
0: the outside. way the economy is, like consignment even though it is more work and kind of more management, it's ju- I think it's just the way it has to be for people to feel like they can have full inventory of stuff, you know, like have mm-hmm. filled shelves and look, you know, stock to the brim and get restocks
1: all the time. And again, like being able to, you know, decide I want to make more money from a store, by just giving them more jewelry to sell yeah yeah. you don't have that luxury with wholesale right you You can't can't just shove product on them and be like pay me now right (laughs) um the problem i ran into last year is that i just didn't even have the time to shove jewelry at stores and usually when i sit back in january and watch those sales reports come in and i'm like yes all of that work paid off yeah i was like oh i didn't i didn't do that work yeah Yeah. i did other work yeah and um i realized i needed to find a way to reprioritize yeah so uh, yeah it's kind of nervous that it's kind of again but
0: spend money to make
1: money thing yeah, it's that kind of. Well, I have um, feeling. Steve delivering two restocks while I'm right <laughs> here. Now. While you're sitting here. I mean, I don't know bread. what time it is. Soon, yeah, he might be out doing that right now. Nice. So that's how I'm making it happen is by not doing any of it myself. That's good. I like that. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, there was some mention of like. 30 70 which I think out loud I was like what the fuck <laughs> like I literally said <laughs> I got that reacted. once for a trunk show well yeah I would say yeah for an event I could see that a one
1: time kind of event I would I probably see. do more trunk shows if they were 60 40 for our trunk show because yeah. you have to be there yeah 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 it's and really you're depressing to work an event yes. and come back with half of your sales yeah. it just is yeah it's very it's
0: very depressing yeah, there was a bunch of stuff on there like 60 40, 60 40. And I was just like, mm, I think it's more 50 50 now. But you might it, find. You know, it
1: depends on the store. Yeah. I think depends that on the
0: store. Depends on what you're selling. You
1: might find that the stores that do 50 50 because they're mostly consignment, also, you get more money from those stores. Yeah. You might have more sales. That's how yeah. they get all their money. Yeah. Is by selling your stuff.
0: Yeah. They're pushing your stuff hard, they're not
1: sitting there pushing their wholesale stuff. Right. They don't Whereas have any. if they're mostly wholesale, yeah. they need to push the wholesale stuff they already, already paid bought it. it. Yeah. The consignment stuff's less important, so maybe you can get 60 40 out of that store.
0: And then this had a lot of stuff about making sure that you have clear terms and that you should you should expect a store to have terms and if they don't, yeah. maybe be worried about them. Yeah. Um I pulled out my Orange Beautiful contract. About my terms, just to see like what stuff I put on here. Um, my consign my consignment agreement was just one page. It basically had um, that I was. That I was taking care of charging sales tax, charging and paying sales tax. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's kind of a nitpicky thing, but it's something to think about. You don't. Well, wanna, now
1: I'm thinking. Can you imagine? You if don't want to like, get caught in a that loophole. that taken out yeah. of your sales? Because in Chicago,
0: sales tax is ten point two five percent. Yeah. So, um, but basically saying like I'm charging, and you know, you're not going to get in trouble mm-hmm. because I'm not. Because basically, when you sell wholesale or consignment, you're passing off the responsibility of sales tax onto the store. Mm -hmm. So like, this is a very specific situation that you could get into, but like technically a store could get audited Mm -hmm. for not paying sales tax and you could get in trouble for that. Oh shit. Um, So just make sure they're charging people sales tax and paying their sales tax. Um, I have a thing on here about when people will get paid and Mm -hmm. what is covered in those payments, so sales are calculated, and checks written on the first of each month. Sale periods cover all days in the previous month. Um, I have a thing about pricing that we will always honor your retail price. Please provide us with the retail retail price um, when you provide us with your inventory. I always give everybody a I would give everybody an inventory sheet that had a column for item number, description, mm-hmm. wholesale price, retail price because um, there'd be some people that I would individually kind of work on prices with, where I'd be like, hey, you do realize if you've been selling this retail for 20, that means you're only getting 10 and you're telling me you need 11, then we need to make them twenty two. So there's stuff like that where like you might just adjust your prices based on an individual store, mm-hmm. but then you also have to be careful not to like, have that be the only place that's selling your item for more money. Yeah. Because that that's can get tricky. into because then people might go to one store and see it for a certain price and then go to another store and it's twenty yeah. percent more.
1: I actually don't like it when stores make me use their inventory sheets because oh, yeah? it's extra work for me. Well, if somebody
0: gives me their own inventory yeah. sheet,
1: I will I take it. Right. The, my inventory sheet I always sheet, gave you my own.
0: Yes. My inventory sheet was for the people who just showed up with a bag of stuff. <laughs>
1: I have a couple and, stores and that I was have like, to use you have their to write sheets this down. and I don't... Yeah. It's extra work.
0: Um, and then I have a, a section about discounts and sales. Mm-hmm. So some stores will basically make you eat the sale, or they'll split the sale with you.
1: Yeah, I have some that do. Um, awesome, I wrote... I have in
0: mind, unless we agree upon something in advance, any sales I have come out of Orange Beautiful's cut right. and do not affect... The, the maker's price that they're getting. Right. And then there would be times when, like, like when the store closed even, I was like, who you know, hi, you are welcome to come and get your stuff and take it the hell out of here. Or I'm going to have this sale. Are you okay with, mm-hmm. you know, getting 10% less of your cut and I'm also going to get 10% less of my cut and I'm giving the customer 20% off? Mm-hmm. And they can agree to it or not. Um, and then I have a thing in here about... Um, my duration of a contract is only 30 days. So that basically gives me an out. So if your shit is not moving in 30 days, I'm allowed to just return it to you. Mm. And you can't tell me that that's mean. <laughs> um, I have a thing about damage and theft. That's basically like you will always get the wholesale amount we agreed upon and that I have insurance and that I will pay all deductibles. Um and that you know i'm assuming that my insurance will cover the value of that item that was damaged and that i will then pass that amount on to the person that is owed it but i think that's a thing that a lot of people don't ha- don't ask for or agree to i mean to.
1: i don't even remember cuz i haven't signed a new contract in
0: yeah years cuz so. i think the main thing is to think about like in in a place like chicago what happens when that store gets robbed Yeah. Is your shit covered or is it not covered? Are they going to be like, sorry, we got robbed. And then you literally just lost a thousand dollars worth of your stuff because you didn't know if they had insurance or not. Um, so something like that is good to put on your own. If you have an agreement for them to sign is basically like, Hey, when this is in your possession, you're responsible for the liability of it getting stolen. Um, And then I have a thing about promoting that we'll do our best to promote your items and display them appropriately. Um, And then that's it. And then they sign it and I sign it.
1: Um, Did we answer those Facebook group questions? I think so. I think so. We We didn't really answer the one that was about how do you deal with accounting? Because I feel like I don't. I don't know. It doesn't affect my accounting because I don't do inventory-based accounting.
0: I think the only, I think the thing that it kind of messes with a little bit, and I don't know if this is what she's referring to, is the whole like you've basically put, you know, six hundred dollars worth of stuff out into the world, but you won't get paid. Like you right. sold it, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but you didn't get any money for that right. until several random payments spread across the rest of the year. Right. So I think it's that kind of, yeah. I mean, it depends on how specific and particular your accounting is. Well, it sounds like she's
1: doing it that way. If you're selling
0: an item, if you're basically like in your accounting system mm -hmm. saying, this item sold to Mm -hmm. Wolfbait, Mm -hmm. then
1: your accounting system is like, hey, where's the money for that? So I actually use a separate um, online uh, invoicing system. Yeah um that I don't use for any of the numbers. Basically it shows that I'm owed a million dollars right now. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um because I don't pro- I don't use it for yeah. accounting. I use it just to send invoices yeah. for consignment shit. Um uh I guess I would you have to talk to your accountant about that. Yeah, cuz it's going to be different for each Person, I want to say that you would deal with it the same way that you deal with gift cards, yes. which is it's very um, similar to that. Yeah. When you sell a gift card, you don't report the money that you got for it. Right. You don't record it until that person comes back in and uses and the gift it. card. So selling a gift card, like taking in forty bucks for a gift card, actually looks like you gave forty dollars away. Yeah. In your accounting. And you're waiting for them to. And then you get it when it's redeemed. Yeah, it's kind of confusing, but it is how it works on yeah. most POS systems. That's
0: pretty similar to. So what maybe it would that's be. how
1: you deal with consignment.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely like. It also depends on. Is that the bulk of your business? Does it make sense to have a really specific? System set up that accounts for. Yeah. Consignment situations. I, or is yeah, it I like just don't right? Or is it you know enough that.
1: We're. Actually, at the most organized point it's ever been, so I'm... And you're I'm still sati- not organized. I'm satisfied yeah. enough yeah. with it. And some of it's going to just be, like,
0: what works, you know, yeah. what, what it works depends. for the like moment. Like, I have...
1: I don't know how many consignment stores I have right now because, it, like, a couple stores have closed or whatever. But it's, like, seven yeah. or eight stores. yeah. And they all have a ton of jewelry, and that's what I know. (laughs) They all have the quantity a ton, (laughs) and that's
0: what I can tell you.
1: Um, Oh, something that no one did ask, but I know comes up a lot, um, is... Like if you have an event coming up and you need more inventory. And, taking a, and stores are holding it. And taking yeah. it from a consignment store. I've never done that. Yeah. And I know that other people do that. What are your feelings on that as I, a former? I will say that event? people did that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had people
0: want me to bring the inventory that was at my store to show of hands. Like, cause they were exhibiting, they were mm-hmm. sh- being a vendor at Show of Hands, but
1: I think that it depends was, on what it is. That was a
0: unique situation yeah. because the idea was, yes, the store is closed. Mm-hmm. You're not taking away inventory from me this, during the three days that you're at Show of Hands. Mm-hmm. My store is closed during those three days, yeah. so you're not. There's no potential sales loss there. Right. It'd be better for them to have the opportunity to sell those items at the show. And if it's something big and expensive. And, yeah, they yeah. were all expensive things. Okay, yeah. And um, they literally restocked me at the end of the show. Okay. It was literally like, hi, here's what I'm giving back to you. Let's write yeah. it down. And then I'm taking it back to the store. Okay. So that was a very unique situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, I think there was maybe one or two times when, like, leading up to the holidays, someone would have, like, an event, and they would say, like, oh, you have X amount of stuff, like, can I come take X, Y, Z? But that was usually, like, a I'm going to swap out these items for these items kind mm-hmm. of thing. So they weren't, like, leaving me high and dry. Um, I think that depends very much on the relationship you have with that store owner. I think like if... Like, if you have a close relationship sure. with them where you can be like, hey, can you help me get me out of a bind? Or hey, But, like, don't make a habit of it. That's kind of... Store owners are going to think that's... Creepy and gross.
1: Well, and also depending on their inventory system, it can be a lot of work. Yes. I remember at Little Street, you know, if someone took their consignment stuff out, we had to go in and zero out all those items. And then if they gave us a whole new thing of stuff, now their new item number, like every single time you enter something, it's a new item number. So if you are switching out your whole stock for new stock, yeah, that's a lot of just for the hell of it. That's a lot of work, and if you're taking it out and bringing it back, that's also a lot of work. I think that's part.
0: It's part of the risk of what you're doing. Like you know, Michelle, you're saying that you're saying, like when I give stores bigger stocks of inventory, that's beneficial to you. So like, Mm -hmm. know that that's why you did that, and that you know. Yeah, If you got yourself into a bind and now you need to, like, make a bunch of stuff for a show, like, you kind of... I think you kind of have to look at the stuff you've given to a store as it's
1: sold. Yeah. It's theirs. It's theirs. They own it. Yeah. It's just never occurred to me to do that. Because I feel like it's kind of rude.
0: I think if maybe there's a very specific situation where something is, like, a really one-of-a-kind, really high-end thing...
1: And oh, like, absolutely. And
0: you want it, you know, you're like, this is the one thing I've if ever made. If it's a piece furniture yeah, or a, a piece giant of art. mirror or a yeah. piece of art, and there's yeah. only one of it, and there's only ever going to be one of it. Yeah. Then, like, yes, I could see swapping that out for absolutely. something. Yeah. To take, because it's a very impressive thing, and you're taking it to this big event, and you want to have that be your key piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, fine. And then you tell them, if this doesn't sell at the show... I'll bring it back to you. I don't know. Like I think that there's
1: well, individual situations. Everything we're saying there are situations that yeah, this that, doesn't apply right. to I mean Yeah, it kinda has. kind of is kind
0: of a this user is your discretion. General. Um, well we're at we're at
1: an hour fifty. Nah. Yeah. 50. Five zero. 50. Five zero? Huh? I have to listen to another 2 hour. Yep. We better wrap it up right yeah. now. Shit. Okay, we're done. We're done. That's it. Cut Bye. you off. Bye. Um, thanks for listening.
0: You know all the rules. Yeah. Pancake Town on everything. Rate um, review. And we talked too much. We're sorry. I really thought you were going to say we're at an hour. Nope. We did good. We did not do good. We failed. Sorry. Um, it's okay. The last episode was not even an hour. I couldn't tell how long it was like cuz it was, like it was in minutes.
1: like look at it we're still on it